Good evening, citizens of hope. Hello. If you have not heard that phrase, citizens of hope, you either haven't been here for a couple weeks or you haven't been paying attention. So we're going to not call you out on those things tonight. Uh, but we're turning our minds toward a more kingdom of God perspective as citizens of hope in this world. And our focus tonight is on perspective, our vision of hope. And so we're going to start with this. Does this strike fear into the hearts of anybody? Just, yeah, I'm getting some nods. Thank you. Yeah, me as well. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. I've had, yeah, we all have issues, right? I have had vision issues since I was a child and undiagnosed for a really long time until, you know, third grade when we're all tested at that point, at least where I'm from, getting some more nods. I was tested in the third grade and it was definitely a Coke bottle lenses situation, really thick lenses. Um, but all of a sudden I could see there were planes in the sky and there were leaves on the tree. And I never had trouble with this kind. I've always liked those. It's like, oh, there's one thing I can do with my eyes. Uh, so I'm getting some people are like I don't see anything except some splotches up there, uh, but color vision tests as well. But I've had glasses and contacts um, up through college when I had RK surgery. It's before laser surgery was permitted in this country, and I'll spare you the details of what RK surgery is because I know it'll kind of make you a little bit squeamish. Uh, but I happened to work for an eye clinic and I had a still a great deal for a poor college student. I could get two eyes done for the price of one. So I couldn't miss that opportunity. So always good to go until I hit a certain age. Can anybody tell me what age that was? 40. <laughs> Y'all know, 40. And then all of a sudden this uh, switch was flipped and my eyes went bad again. So now I've got some progressive glasses. They're fantastic, except for, you know, they take away your peripheral vision. That's not so good. But the clarity of sight that an optometrist can offer for us gives us the eyes to see. And that is a really good thing. And I, I understand that they can't restore our vision fully, but they can take us a long way. Obviously tonight we're going to take a look at a bigger picture of vision beyond the ocular sense. In the book Citizens of Hope, I know Sherry's mentioned it to you a couple of Saturdays already, the authors talk a lot about our struggle with vision, with seeing beyond what is right in front of us, which is typically where we look because life throws so much at us, so many things our way, pain and despair and grief things that cloud our vision and keep us from seeing the full picture, like having a cataract or macular degeneration does to our eyes. How in the world are we supposed to see the fullness of God's purpose and God's plan when we're dealing with so much in the world that is taking all of our focus and all of our energy and all of our hope? How can we possibly begin to attempt to see as God sees Let's pray for God's answer to that question. Holy God, be with us as we consider your vision in the world beyond our own. As we hear your word spoken to us, God, help us to realize a perspective that is greater than our own understanding and training, uh, education and experience, so that we may come away with a vision closer to how you would have us to see as your children. We pray this in Christ's holy name. Amen. So we're viewing a lot lately theological and political differences. And I just said two bad words. I understand that. But sometimes we get a glimpse of those differences, theologically or politically. We get a little glimpse of those differences in others. 
And all of a sudden, we lose our ability to see our sister in Christ or our brother in Christ, a beloved of God who is and has been in our family, a fellow follower of Jesus that we've been in ministry with and we will continue to be in ministry with, we spot a little detail that we find to not be to our liking, a little unattractive, a bit distasteful to our own sensibilities, and suddenly we want that person to vanish from sight, to become invisible to us. Nothing to see here. Or we want to see them looking more like us like we used to think they were. Anytime that we deal with an upsetting situation, it becomes personal, and suddenly our vision is clouded. Can anybody remember those times when they were a teenager or maybe living with a teenager? One bad day is the worst ever, and everything is ruined forever and ever. Amen. A teenager can think that one particular issue is everything. I would like to say that we grow out of that habit as we age and mature, but I see a lot of adults who live in this space in their life. One questionable look or a crossword or a differing opinion, and suddenly the sky is falling and a mortal enemy is made. And it can be really ridiculous how all of a sudden that person who has been our friend now cannot be in our minds. My own mother, for years, was estranged from her sister. I grew up not knowing this aunt. When I finally met her as an adult, she was just like my mom. They were the same woman. But I missed getting to know her because they had one bad day. Some argument over how a dress looked or something ridiculous like that. This one bad interaction. And a grudge was born. And it was chosen, this grudge, this bad moment was chosen over a loving relationship between sisters. I just saw a sign yesterday that said, cry yourself a river, build a bridge, and get over it. And I'm going to tell my mom that one. She knows. She's healed. They've gone. They're fine now. But I can pause right now for you if you need to write yourself a note to go ahead and cry that river. That's Okay. But then build a bridge and get over it, whatever it is in your life. If you need to schedule a reconnect with someone and enter into a restored, loving relationship, getting caught up in our stuff or the brokenness of life in this world makes us forget that we are citizens of hope with reasons to rejoice every day, every moment, reasons to have a vision of hope. And to have a perspective of that hope. To not choose brokenness over healing. To pursue a perspective that is bigger and fuller and much more beautiful than just our own so very small and limited way of seeing and understanding. Our God is not a God of brokenness. The I am is a God who created all things perfectly and in perfect relationship in perfect harmony. Our God is a God who heals, whereas we too often revel in the brokenness instead of participating in the healing. God has given each of us, his creatures, eyes to see and minds to see. Our experiences then shape how we see. 
and our perspectives diverge because of how we move through the world and how we're experiencing life. For example, there's one man who says, it's a boat, hallelujah, I'm saved. And another man who says, it's land, hallelujah, I'm saved. It depends on your perspective. A lot of you know this famous picture. Does everybody see a lady? Who sees a young one? Who sees an old one? <laughs> There's both up there. If you've not seen this picture before, I can explain it to you. The woman uh, inside profile, uh, that dark spot is her hair and she's turning away. She's got a choker on her neck. Or there's an old woman and that choker on the neck is actually a mouth. And the chin of the young woman is really the nose of the old woman. Do y'all see both the women now? Yeah. It depends on your perspective. There's an artist, one of my favorites, M.C. Escher, who is famous for perspective. And uh, it's hard to see in this one, but this is an impossible picture of architecture. The water is flowing down from a waterfall, but it's also flowing down to become the waterfall. You see, it's impossible. But depending on your perspective, you're going to see one thing or another, but it doesn't actually work in the world. These perspectives we have diverge. We all have different lenses that we look through in our lives. They could be economic lenses or political. Uh, in common, our lenses are typically American, 20th, 21st century, mostly suburban. Very skewed perspectives if you think globally beyond your own small microcosm. We tend to see superficial stuff, hair, skin color, clothing, in listening to people, we add the experiential stuff, different opinions, and ideology. Typically, we make really gross assumptions that most others see things our way, or that they should, because we can't possibly be wrong in our way of thinking. I just spent an incredible day here at Bethany at a One Human Race workshop, and I haven't had time to sit and process all of it yet, but so much of it was about perspective how we create it, how we force it, how we manipulate it. We are part of a culture whose perspective is from power, power that has determined and enforced a particular perspective. And I have to read just a few bullet points that I got from this workshop about having an ethnocentric perspective, one that we hold, uh, we humanity, um, hold in different ways. And that ethnocentric, you can tell if you have an ethnocentric perspective if you think everyone should be and is like me, if you think one's culture is the only and superior way, if you think everyone is equal to me in his or her power perception, if you think doing justice is simple, and if you think to include people who have been historically excluded, all you have to do is invite them here to be physically present. That's assimilation, by the way. <laughs> That's not inviting their perspective in. Our vision tends to pick up on worldly differences that separate. But God's vision would see each person as the child of God that they are, precious and beloved in his sight. Can you even see each person just at Bethany as someone following Jesus? Can you hold this perspective that each person at Bethany is following Jesus? Or does your vision get a little fuzzy when their looks or their words don't match yours? Is your vision one of the world? 
or do you have a vision of hope bigger than the pictures that we paint of separation and otherness, of superiority and inferiority? Last week, Sherry read this passage from Scripture as she talked about personal relationships in troubled times and God's promise that we are not alone. It's a word that we're going to remind us uh, from Scripture that God is with us in this way. Therefore, since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have obtained access to this grace in which we stand and we boast in our hope of sharing the glory of God. And not only that, but we also boast in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not disappoint us. Because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. In the context of this passage, imagine if the lenses you wear were the story of Jesus, his story of life and death and resurrection, seeing all things through this filter of our Savior, the one through whom we are justified by faith. We are made right. We are aligned by Christ. Can you see yourself as a work of God? Hopefully a work in progress. Can anybody kind of picture themselves that way? See, I see myself as a work of God, a work in progress of God. Now expand that vision of hope you have for yourself and understand that God is working on all of creation in this way. That that one person that you won't speak with anymore, the person you referred to recently in a derogatory way, the person you have rejected, even here in our Bethany family, that all these others are also works of God. God granting them peace and love and hope in his glory, just as God does for you. This great source of hope, beyond our strength, our courage, our ability, this isn't about the power of positive thinking. We all have bad seasons when our optimism wanes. Hope is grounded in God's love that does not falter, even though we do, and we will. We will fail miserably at this. But Christ makes God's love accessible all the time by being the God with us, that Jesus close and personal to us. There are so many things that are too much for us to bear, to endure. Have you ever asked yourself the question, how am I going to get through this? Whatever this is, this debt, this diagnosis, this conflict. Name your own pain. Living in a world where a lot of bad things happen to people, even good people, it's our reality. When trouble is in our face, we start having vision problems. We can't see the forest through the trees. Trusting in God, having faith in Christ, is how we can see the bigger picture beyond our own small selves. The picture revealed through the lens of the life and death and resurrection of Christ. This lens makes it possible for us to see God, even in the darkness of the world, to see that light shining that cannot be overcome even when the world around us seems like it's fading and bleak. 
And sometimes we can't do this on our own. I can't tell you how many people I have talked to whose narrow vision keeps them from seeing God's presence all around them. Even while at the same time they're telling me stories of of people who are praying for them or an unexpected card of encouragement that they got in the mail or neighbors who have brought them food and on and on. Visions of God sending brothers and sisters in Christ to help through their trials and their troubles. Sometimes we have to offer the picture to others who cannot see. We need to point to a source of hope that cannot be found in the world around us. And we can boast in being able to do that. Boasting in our hope, I think, is greater than boasting in our sufferings. I'm showing my own bias and perspective here. This Romans passage claims that we can boast in these two things. Hope in sharing the glory of God, yay! And hope in our sufferings. If I'd had my druthers, I'd pick the first one. I don't like the second. Suffering is a drag. How long, oh Lord, must we continue suffering to be left to suffering? Hope is much shinier and happier. It sustains, it encourages, it is most certainly a gift from God worth bragging about. But suffering, oh, suffering. In the world, there will be trouble. There will be trouble all our days. Suffering greater than we can measure. In the world, from that perspective, it's easy to see that this is all there is. Everything is hard. I've been reminded in the last couple of weeks how I used to sit with suffering as if it were my identity. Woe is me. I have a hip issue and it's bad again right now. When it first was bad and became really painful and debilitating in my life for a really long time, I wallowed in the suffering. I did not boast in it. I wallowed. And it was only when I met a healer, both physical and spiritual healer, a Christian friend in my life, that I realized how much I was the problem in my suffering, how I perpetuated it, again, not by boasting in it, but by claiming myself to be simply and nothing more than a broken thing. And this is not who God has created us to be. In the beginning, we are created in God's own image. And we're created still today to be good in that way. Currently broken, yes, but in and through Christ, we will be redeemed and restored into the fullness of God's perfect creation once more to be who we really are as God created us, our identity only in him. Suffering does not have the first word in the beginning, and it does not have the last word either. Suffering can produce endurance. Consider that lens of the life of Christ. We don't stop. When we're telling his story, we don't stop with, he was rejected by his own people, he was arrested, he was beaten to a pulp, he was nailed to a cross. Those things happened. And Jesus trusted in God. He prayed in and through the suffering. And he persevered to the fullest in spite of what the world had in store for him. Jesus revealed an ability beyond what is possible in a small little human life, enduring all the pain and torture because God held him fast. And God made the redemption of the world possible. God reconciling all things to him. 
and inviting us to be about this through our own stories of suffering through the world. Romans declares that as suffering produces endurance, that leads to character. One of the best things I have ever heard is that young people's problems are old people's stories. I say this all the time because it just has resonated so much with me. Young people's problems are old people's stories. Think back a year or several years or decades to a hard time in your life, your own suffering. You're here today. You survived and you have lived to tell the tale so far. What has come before has made us what we are today. And it's now stories in which we are the characters ourselves. The challenges that we have that grow us. One of my childhood prophets, you might have heard of John Mellencamp. You know, he's a prophet. Yeah. <laughs> Thinking about this growing through enduring suffering, he's saying, suck it up and tough it out and be the best you can. That's the language of my people. <laughs> To, make, to find that character within you through what you have endured in the suffering of the world. How we move through life's challenges reveals a lot about who we are and who we are growing to be. The best that we can be is good. And I mean biblically good to where God says, well done, good and faithful one. Not just, I like how you thought about that, but you did good. You did good in the world. And that leads us to what does have the final word, the hope that remains in the end, so that suffering does not have the last word, but hope does. Hope does not fail. It does not disappoint. Because God's faithfulness and love for us is never failing. I have known people who have lost hope. And I've also seen God send into the lives of those people others who will carry their hope for them. It is miraculous and awesome to behold every time. I see you now. People here who have suffered a blindness in their faith journeys and lost their way. And I have witnessed people enter into your suffering with you to speak and behave with a vision of hope for you so that you may see again. And so many of you have done that for others yourselves in your own lives where you saw they had lost their way and their sight for that hope. The challenge with our visions as Christians is kind of the same as our challenge with a sense of sight if we need glasses or contacts or cataract surgery, we have to choose it. It's up to us to participate in the things that can help us to see beyond ourselves. We have to make the decision to see with hope, to see with God's eyes a vision of deep, pure love, a vision of grace and mercy of forgiveness and calling, a vision that desires to see all redeemed and in loving connection with one another, within ourselves, with God. Tonight, we're going to put right before your eyes several new ways to see, opportunities we're going to give you to expand your vision, places to begin to restore your vision for God's kingdom work, right here at the church so that you don't have to look far. 
We have available in the Connection Corner tonight people setting up opportunities for a meet and greet of different mission areas. We have the Christian Resource Center, health, including mental health opportunities, our needlecraft, children and students opportunities for mission work, hunger and food ministries, opportunities to build and repair houses, and world vision Ways for you to connect, lenses of Christian living in community where we see what we have to give and we see those whom God sends to receive his gifts that we've been blessed with. We see our brothers and sisters we haven't met yet. People different from us in many ways, but in God's eyes, his sons and daughters are brothers and sisters. I mentioned earlier the One Human Race Workshop where we explored issues of racism, considering how we can see one another. Bethany also has a ministry of healing the racial divide to help expand vision in that way. We also have all month long Mental Health Awareness Month to better see those struggling in mental illness and how we can walk alongside them and share Christ together. One way my vision has been expanded this year is I learned that Matete, the community in Kenya that we work with through World Vision, will be completely covered with only 130 more sponsored children. That's a vision of hope to take home with you. Only 130 more kids and an entire community in Kenya, in the, in the area of Matete, has been sponsored and covered and brought into life together with us. And we can see this happen. We can make this happen. The world vision leader for our ADP in Matete, his name is Moses, he said, God has put us here to raise the level of hope in this community. God has put us here to raise the level of hope in this community. Can you imagine claiming that vision here at Bethany in Central Texas? These are just a few ways that you can check into, connect with, to do that. How do you yourself raise the level of hope for those just in your own small circle, your family, your friends, neighbors, the strangers you interact with? If you need help answering that question, stop by the Connection Corner this evening or tomorrow morning. Learn about how we are in mission, how you can connect and serve and be a vision of hope for our community that is watching us, the church, the community that needs to see Christ is still alive and moving and thriving in the world through what congregations do in offering Christ. Make it easier to see the people right in front of you don't look at them with your vision. Look at them like Jesus did. The Messiah who looked at a wretched world of people. People with conflicting ideas of God and worse politics. And Jesus said, I see you. I love you. I will give my life for your life. Citizens in the kingdom living, we are meant to be about don't settle for the picture that the world paints. Don't just see what is wrong or show the world a reflection of itself in you, how you speak and behave. Live as if you believe in the truth of God's hope and promise and let Christ be seen in you. Let us pray.
holy and loving God, you see us so much better than we see ourselves or even want to admit about ourselves. And you see also in us, God, an ability beyond what we are doing now. So we pray that you will meet us where we are and expand how it is we can see. Help us to see with your eyes and to love with your love so that it may be the Christ we share with this world in such great need of him. We pray this in your holy name. Amen. Amen. Amen.